Welcome to the Strength in Numbers podcast, where we have passion for starting conversations about the Enneagram and team building to help you understand people. I'm Jalan. And I'm Caitlin. Jordan is actually out today. She's traveling in Italy with her family. So um, fun. She actually might be in Greece. She's doing like a Greece and Italy trip, her first time over in Europe. So um, it's just us two today. Um, so today we are kicking off our series. So we're going to be talking about conflict styles and we will be kind of talking about ideas for what it will be like as the person. So today it'll be a one experiencing conflict as a one, some ideas of how you could kind of manage your own emotions a little bit better during conflict, what it might feel like or how you might act, some ideas of how to handle it more productively, but also for the people that are interacting with ones, whether that's in your personal life or in your work life, if you're leading a one, if you're led by a one, this is going to be some really good insight for you to how they might think, feel, or act during conflict. So uh, we want to start by talking about, you know, the type one's motivation and then how that might impact them during conflict. So yeah, mom, in your kind of research and in your own personal experience, do you want to just start us off? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the type ones as, um, they are our perfectionist or our reformer, that person that is, um, got the strong inner critic and they're always looking hearing, seeing how they should perfect things around them. And they are in the um, gut triad, right? Um, And as we go through this uh, conflict management styles, we're going to look at a different set of triads. Um, It's called the conflict coping style, actually. And the type ones are in the logical style. Let's talk, let's talk about that for just a second for the people who are listening that don't really understand the concept of triads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so each of the, the one that we hear the most common is the head, heart, and gut triad. Um, but there's a, several other triads too that kind of, so basically we have nine numbers, right? And we take it and divide it um, into three sets of three where the, each of those numbers share something in common. So like the ones share the gut triad with the eight and the nine, and they both have that tendency towards, they all three have that tendency towards anger. And in this coping, um, conflict coping style, the ones share this style with the threes and the fives. And the way that they're going to deal with their conflict more is in a logical style. Yeah. So this is like the logical triad. Sometimes it's called the competency group. And so it's just sort of their the way that they cope with conflict, how they approach conflict is really similar to one another, even though it can look slightly different because obviously the ones, the threes, the fives are different. They're going to kind of have this similar 
approach. And we'll talk more about that and what that means to be in the logical or competency group. Um, but they're all going to kind of have this similar like perspective towards yes. conflict or approach. They might look really similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all three of these numbers want um, to be practical and efficient. And they're all three problem, great problem solvers. And they all three like uh, checklists and s- steps on how they're going to do things. Can you really yeah, do it's a very pragmatic Caitlin? approach? Yeah, it's a it's funny because so my mom Jalan, <laughs> she knows obviously my conflict style, and then my younger sister she's a one, and then my my our dad is a five. So my mom is well acquainted <laughs> with the logical uh, conflict coping style. <laughs> Might have some yes. really good insight um but yeah no so all three of these types they're gonna really take they're gonna suppress their emotions a lot and they're not gonna want to get really flooded with all of those like unhelpful hormones that make it hard to come up with action steps or problem solve they're not gonna want to get let the emotions um muddy the waters yeah (laughs) and um they have a they can even have a hard time acknowledging their own much less other people's emotions when it comes to conflict like even for myself i'm a three not a one um but just being a part of this triad i can feel like even in my stomach this like suppression (laughs) of (laughs) the emotions for the sake of making it a productive conversation yeah and um so yeah that's sort of an idea from my own personal experience of what it's like to be in a competency Uh, group do you feel like there's anything you would add or or stories you might have um, yeah it's so true that um like whenever uh dad and I have any conflict he is always very practical and very um you know, he doesn't get real worked up. He's not um, a yeller <laughs> or, you know, anything like that. He's very um, just matter of fact. These are the facts. Let's keep moving. And and uh, understanding this is so helpful for me um, to really just see how, um, and, and it's true for Caitlin as well as, as um, our, my youngest daughter, Kinsey, the one, you know, I see that in them too. They are all, all three of them are, aren't going to get real worked up about anything. They're just going to have this, a, a tenseness, yes, but a, also a sense of calm of let's just be practical about this and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband's less talk about it. But he's more just, these are the facts or whatever. Kinsey wants to talk about things as a one way more than um, I would say, Caitlin, you or your dad. Yeah. Yeah. So these, something really important about like every, everyone in this, this triad. So the logical group, they really don't they really don't want to get worked up and like they, it would almost be embarrassing for me to get really worked up um, or really like 
impacted by conflict and maybe that's different maybe that's because I'm in the so we've talked about the anger triad or the gut triad those are synonymous Mm -hmm. um I'm from the the shame triad so that might be different than what it would be for like my dad or my sister the five and the one um but they we really want to stay calm and controlled so that we can troubleshoot we can still talk we can still um you know even my younger sister when we're talking through something it's gonna look like you know breaking it down to the a b's and c's we're gonna talk about all of the different like possibilities moving forward, or we're going to talk about all the variables at hand right now, you know, and I'm using this language very purposefully because it's, it's just very practical. We're seeking a resolution. We are, um, yeah, we're, we're troubleshooting, we're controlling, we have a vision for the future and we're trying to get on the same page. So now we've kind of talked about, you know, the emotional detachment, the whole like philosophy of how we're approaching conflict as the, the logical type. Um, how does this look, I guess, in more specific ways, like how might they feel, how might ones feel during conflict? Yeah. Well, ones, you know, they have that underlying, Um, inner critic wanting everything to be right. So um, they don't want to be wrong about anything. So they're going to have this, they're going to repress their feelings when they're in conflict. Um, And they're going to just stay busy trying to accomplish everything, get everything Mm -hmm. done perfectly. So it's really um, when, when you are in conflict with a one, it's important to kind of kind of push on that a little bit, maybe in a kind way um, to allow them some space or even ask those questions like, how are you feeling about that? And then be able to pause and allow them to really think about that, Um, which uh, obviously in conflict isn't always an easy thing to do. But I think if we want it to be productive conflict with a one, that, that those are some of the things that we have to do. Give them some space and allow them to think about and be comfortable and okay with really getting in touch with those feelings because they're not going to all in and of themselves. Yeah. And I think it's, there is a difference too, because when it comes to, you know, a workplace or even just like a short-term conflict versus a long-term like ongoing sort of conflict, there is a big difference between how anyone might feel and a one is no exception because when it comes to a short-term conflict, those are, those have a resolution, those have a solution. We can problem solve and get to the end of it. And that's really like gratifying for a one that'll like, that's where you're going to see them like suppressing their feelings and then get, sort of this like uplifting feeling once the problem is solved. Um, But then when it comes to like a longer term conflict where they feel really like helpless, they feel like there's no resolution um, and, or they feel like the other person isn't trying to seek like 
they're not trying to troubleshoot with them. And it's just sort of this ongoing thing, or it keeps coming back up, even when they feel like it's resolved. That can look really different for everybody. But for a one, um, they can look, it's really frustrating for them. It's really exhausting for them. That's when you're going to start to see that the anger part of them come out because it's starting to build resentment. It's starting to build a lot of like this bubbling underneath. Mm -hmm. I I have this image of like lava in my head, kind of like building up the pressure building up. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate with, but. And that oozing kind of just oozes out. It's not explosive or anything, but you definitely feel it because it's Mm -hmm. kind of oozing out on you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's when you can start to see um, a lot of the sort of this underside of a one, a lot of like criticism can start to come out. A lot of this black and white thinking where there's little nuance or even it's, it can be hard to access compassion in those times because because their goal is to seek a resolution to problem solve. If the other person isn't seeking that, they must be wrong or they must be black and I'm white. Or, and so you can, you can kind of start to see this um, self, maybe like a self-righteousness come out, a shorter kind of temper, this kind of, this flippant, like write you off, kind of an attitude if they're not being intentional and obviously that's the extreme of it um and it totally makes sense because that's a really good value to have in conflict I want to seek a resolution um but that's actually and we'll keep talking about that throughout the series that's not actually everybody's goal within conflict and thank goodness we have ones and the logical types because we need to seek resolution in a lot of situations. Um, But those are kind of some of the things that you'll see them feeling how they're, how they're thinking. They're thinking about the standards and the rules. They're thinking of being organized and correct Um, Mm -hmm. and, and how they start to act because of that is, is that they'll, they're going to hold their emotions in. They get upset when others don't because they see this piece missing. Like somebody needs to get upset about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're really going to be rule followers and yeah. yeah. Anything, anything you would add to that? No, I just yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. For that, that drive for the rules And being right and perfection is so underlying in even how they approach conflict. And they they feel it so much within themselves without really, without even a lot of thought, you know? Um, And so when they, and it, it is frustrating to them when they don't see the other person responding to that or reacting to that. So that's a lot of, just like you were saying earlier, that anger starting um, to come up. If they don't see the the person that they're quote unquote in conflict with or quote unquote 
problem solving with, if they don't see them engaging in that problem solving, that's going to be really, really frustrating. Yes. And almost feel like they're wrong. I'm right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, true. Let's talk about some of the, what we're calling like conflict activators for mm-hmm. the type one. Yeah. Uh, con- uh, type one's do not want to be criticized or scrutinized to, you know, they have that inner critic that's doing that for them. And then to just uh, feel like somebody else is doing that. It's really, it's really hard on them. So feeling, having that, having that feeling themselves, it's going to, it's going to activate those feelings of conflict within themselves. Um, Another thing they really don't like is when they think that people are being deceptive um, or irresponsible or lazy. Those are things that, you know, those almost aren't like type one words that they would ever use to describe anything about themselves. Um, Yeah, so so even when it comes to like a lot of what we've talked about already, like during conflict and how they approach conflict, all of that is because that's really the core of who they are. It's not just conflict that they're seeing the world this way, but when they feel like people are being, you know, hypercritical or really like putting a magnifying glass on them and, or when other people are being like irresponsible, that's really going to activate something that can, like conflicts with how they perceive the world and how they feel like, you know, everybody should see the world this way. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, gosh, let's see if we could spend some time just talking about some different tips for either for both a one on how they can deal with conflict a little bit better. And also then for those of us that aren't ones, how we can better work through conflict with another one in our life. Um, so what are some good ways to, for a one to work on uh, their communication? Okay. So we've talked a lot about how they're sort of approaching conflict with this problem solving lens or really approaching the world that way. Like, how can I make this better? How can I improve this? Um, So when a one is really in touch with that motivation and values that in themselves and is, you know, true to themselves and authentic, but also can recognize the need for all of these other types who see the world differently, um, it's going to be a lot easier to be polite rather than critical, be sincere and authentic and honest rather than, you know, spending extra time, like really suppressing your emotions, even though that's kind of like a natural gift that the ones have to, in order to persevere through, through conflict. Um, They're just going to be a little more in touch with that. They're going to be really like fair. So So for a one, in order to sort of like reach this more balanced and at the end of the day, more effective (laughs) way Mm -hmm. of handling conflict, it's really helpful to remember like rules and logic and all of those really great things that ones value 
are not the only things that can solve all of the world's problems. So it's really important to be considering the feelings of others and like the humanity behind the decisions and the solutions that they're troubleshooting. So, um, you know, when it comes to considering other people's ideas, that can be really hard if the one has started to see that person as like irresponsible or lazy or wrong versus right. Um, so, you know, truly taking the time to consider others' ideas, mm-hmm. remembering, you know, that's so to- good. Cause I think that's, um, uh, I think that's going to be a little bit harder for a one um, because they have that inner critic telling them, you know, so they're so convinced that what they're seeing is the correct way mm-hmm. but to be able to, when you can pause and think about what is that other person thinking? What is, so is their perspective? What can I learn from their perspective? Being able to step back and really listen, not just be defensive is really going to be key for a one in conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just remembering to point out because, because they've suppressed their emotions a lot and their inner world is already considering all of these variables, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, the black, the white, the, you know, all of this, they're very well-versed and and um, comfortable with the situation Uh where outside world it's it can be really hard to hear the negative the criticizing the persistent um like this is what's wrong this is what's wrong this is what's wrong so one really great you know practical thing for a one to do is just slow down and Actually, John and Julie Gottman have done a lot of research on this, um, and this is like a just a really practical thing, is the positive versus negative, um, you know, affect ratio. Mm-hmm. So what they've studied, the Gottmans have studied, is that for every one negative interaction or one negative statement that is had or said, there needs to be five in order to outweigh that one negative. So negative statements are a lot heavier than positive, you know? So sometimes in a work situation, that's harder to achieve because if you're in a meeting where you are, the purpose is to problem solve, that can be a lot harder to achieve this. Like, you know, there's five things I really like about this and there's one thing I want to fix. You're going to end up, Uh it can feel like you're wasting time, but being intentional about pointing out the good and mm-hmm. the positive in a person or in a situation is going to go a really long way. And it might take a little bit more effort for yeah. the one and not because they have this bad heart or this critical heart. It's because they're trying to problem solve. And so yes. what they're focusing on is the problem. Um, okay. But that kind of brings us to the so the other two parts of so if there's three triads there's the logical triad there's also the reactive types and then there's the positive outlook types so those are the three triads when it comes to conflict styles 
So um, we, we wanted to spend a little time talking about, you know, logical, the logical types interacting with the reactive types and then mm-hmm. the logical types interacting with the positive outlook types. Um, so yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, when a one is um, in conflict with a reactive type, um, the reactive types are the four, six, and eight. And um, so it's going to be important for the one to express empathy or emotional concern for um, each one of these numbers and um, to be aware of their feelings um, or even the magnitude of the problem, because these these three numbers are going to see the problem a lot bigger emotionally than the um, than the one is going to, and it's going to be really important for them to um, reflect back the information that that person that number is giving to them, because then it's going to make sure that those people know that they're heard. So, you know, you want to to make sure that I'm listening to you. You just said, is this, or is this what you're trying to say? Let them, let them know that you are listening to them. It's going to be super important. Yeah. Yeah. Just prioritizing them rather than prioritizing, you know, the problem solving for the moment prioritize making sure that person feels heard, their ideas feel considered, what they care about is also important to you, will ultimately help you solve a problem better with yes. that type. Yes, exactly. To get the results that, um, honestly, you both are wanting, right? <laughs> it is, it is um, definitely challenging. I know even for me, just to kind of think about um, how, okay, it, uh, how can I be so strategic in my conflict? But I know that if when I am, when I take into consideration the other person and not just me trying to get my point across, um, that, that I am a lot better at achieving my goal, you know, <laughs> um, it, it's more likely to happen in that way. And then the other triad is the positive outlook triad. And those three numbers are the two, the seven, and the nine, which is myself. And so when um, a one is in conflict with one of these numbers, um, it's going to be really important to make sure you ask them for their input and let them know that you value um, what they have to offer in this situation and not just um, uh, kind of say, this is the way it is and that's it. Um, they want, you want, they want to know that they're being heard and that you're looking for um, more, even more than just the situation solved, but kind of the greater good harmony type of a thing that we're all coming together. Um, mm-hmm. Um, they, those three are going to be less likely to want to be more, I'm right, you're wrong, but how can we all work together and come to a common solution? This is going to, these types are going to shut down even 
they're, they're going to start to back away and start shutting down if they're experiencing a lot of like judgment or correcting or criticism um, because they, they're also not going to feel heard. Like these negative statements are going to feel even heavier to this type. So spending extra time, like really making sure that they know the good, the positive, how much you value, like doing this as a team with them um, is going to be even more important for the positive outlook types. Yes. That's, there's some good, no matter who you're in conflict with for a one, some good like check engine lights are, you know, am I being very correcting in this situation? Am I being judgmental? Am I overly, you know, opinionated? You know, those can help those those flags can help you sort of back up and evaluate yourself and, you know, okay, I want to prioritize my being honest. I want to prioritize being um, you know, fair in this situation. Um, even if that means like, I need a little break from this to come back to kind of clear my head. Yeah. That's very good. So, let's talk let's about um, how other people, if they have a one in their life, yes, one during conflict. Yes, this is uh, so so helpful. Um, yeah, if you have a one in your life, one thing you're going to want to do is um, that you're having conflict with. You're going to want to approach it with that problem solving approach. You're going to want to talk more in in those kind of terms, like we've got a problem, let's solve it. Um, rather than bringing them, um, say, all the emotions and feelings and that type of a thing. Mm -hmm. And they also um, want to feel like something is happening, like we're making progress. This is a productive con conversation, not just a, again, not a bunch of emotions that are going to be overtaking them and overwhelming them, but they want to feel like they're making progress through this. So the more you can stick to the issue and the facts, um, uh, avoid criticizing them and attacking them. So stick to the facts of the situation and not make it so personal. That's going to help yeah. so much. I think that's really important, even just for yourself when you're interacting with a one or a logical type is... Yep if they are not giving this emotional response that you feel or you want from them, understand that they're just coming at this conflict from a different approach entirely. This is just see, try to see the good in that. Like, okay, they want to help us like move past this. And maybe later you can revisit like, how you are feeling and hopefully you can both approach it from that healthy and balanced way where you have that compromise and that give and take. Yeah. Um, but if you do feel that sometimes it can feel like coldness or distance mm -hmm. from the emotions of it all, just kind of reminding yourself like, okay, this isn't, this conflict isn't even like personal <laughs> in right. a lot of ways to them. It's all about seeking a solution and a resolution. Well, and I think even something that could help in that, say, presenting the facts is so say me as the nine in that um, 
So for example, for a uh, one in conflict with a nine in that optimistic triad, I can present that as a fact. So now you are seeing this from the facts of the case. I'm coming at it more from, uh, I'm trying to see everybody's perspective in this. So I can present my perspective, but in a factual way that is going to open that one up to hearing what I have to say. Mm -hmm. Because they recognize that I know how they think rather than it's me against you. Mm -hmm. I think something else like really important for them is just being very um, cordial and respectful um, and just gentle. And I think that's most people in, in conflict, but for a one, especially they really value that, um, that, that grace and the even keeled feeling when it comes to conflict so that it feels productive and there's mutual like respect for one another yeah i think another thing to go back to that one that um, we have talked about so much too is to realize um, that they aren't necessarily always looking at the issue itself but they but that the mistakes are are attacking them you know and so if we can remember um try and help to bring that into them recognize what the mistakes are and those issues in, in that side of it but bring in bring it back to what the real issue is that we're trying to get to help them to understand that so that you can really work through what the issue is but um, acknowledge what the negative side is as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can, it can feel like that to them. Like it, it may come across to an outsider, like, gosh, you just can't help but point out the negative or the issues in a situation. Will you just relax? But for a one, a lot of times it can feel like all of those issues, all of those mistakes, all of those problems are like coming at them and they, they can't even help but to notice all of right. them. And that's their whole perspective is to be improving, to be Correct. making things better than they were yesterday. And so just kind of having that grace for them and that gratitude too for that perspective that they have can be make conflict easier on them and you. So for sure. Yeah. Well, gosh, I have really enjoyed this conversation about the ones. Um, it definitely helps me so much with the ones in my life. Um, I feel like um, I'm going to be better at conflict now. Um, just having that perspective with them and understanding them a little bit better. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing. Yes, we will be back next week with a type two sort of breakdown. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think these conversations are so helpful when it comes to just understanding the world around us and ourselves a little bit better. Thanks for being here today. We are really hopeful that this series is going to be practical and insightful for all of our listeners. When we can learn to work through the difficult parts of relationship, 
we all grow, change, and become better because of it. Next week, we'll be diving into the type two. As always, we'd love it if you would like and leave a review or share our podcast with a friend that might find the information helpful. Have a great week and don't forget, there's strength in numbers.